Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen. The imposter syndrome is something that affects everyone. It's that small voice inside your head that says you're never going to be able to achieve. Or it says things like it's just a matter of time until they find out that I'm a fraud. Or my favourite one, it's just a matter of time until the other shoe drops. Sound familiar? Every single investor has these thoughts. And in this fantastic discussion between best-selling authors Louise Bedford and Michael Yardney, they discuss the imposter complex and how it affects people's investing dreams. Louise makes some confessions about her own imposter thoughts, and Michael shares some of his own self-limiting beliefs. This is a topic that is so close to Louise Bedford's heart that she has actually become friends with the psychologist who originally coined the term the imposter complex Back in the 1970s, Dr. Pauline Rose Clance. I hope you enjoy Michael and Louise talk about how to combat the imposter complex, part one. Louise Bedford here. Picture this scene. George has just made a huge win and he is so excited about his investment, but then within a blink of an eye, he starts having some creepy voices sneak into his subconscious and they tell him, yeah, that was easy money. And they also say, oh, I was so lucky with that one. It won't happen again. I'm such a fraud. Have you ever felt that way? Because I'm sure you have. And I'm really here to discuss with Michael Yardney, my friend, this imposter syndrome, this culture of doom that we bring on ourselves. And when Michael and I were talking about this the other day at lunch, we felt this information was just far too valuable to let this slide. That's why we've got this podcast organized today. So welcome to the show, Michael. I know this is your show as well. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, as we discussed it, we thought we're seeing it so often amongst the clients we deal with, the people we deal with in all the walks of life, that we've really got to make it public because most people don't know what's going on in their head. So true. So true. And just so that everybody's got the right background on who we are and what we're aiming to do here, as both of us know our backgrounds, Michael, there's no doubt. But I'm a best-selling author of five books on the share market and I'm founder of tradinggame.com.au. Now, I feel so strongly about the imposter syndrome. I've actually even developed a special report, a free special report for every listener of this podcast. So to get that special report, you go to tradinggame.com.au slash imposter. And that will be the follow-up from this podcast, tradinggame.com.au slash imposter. 
Now, Michael, maybe a little bit about your background. Well, first of all, I really like that you gave that link up front. How often have you been on webcasts or podcasts and they make you stay till right at the end <laughs> to, to trick you to stay there till you get the bonus? So that was very generous of you. So me, well... We've been good friends for a long time and business colleagues and uh, unreasonable friends to each other as part of our own mastermind group. But I've uh, written eight books on property. I've actually had one of them now published in five languages overseas. The one on rich habits, poor habits, because apart from property, my real interest is in the psychology of success, the psychology of wealth. And uh, I... I'm the founder of Metropole, a group of companies that helps our clients grow, protect and pass on their wealth through strategic property and wealth advice, Louise. Fantastic. Look, Michael, I think that's why we're both in such a good position to chat about this because I think that term imposter phenomenon or imposter complex, imposter syndrome, it is just so pervasive and it doesn't just affect people who are perhaps on the lower end of the socioeconomic cycle. It's also people who have an amazing wealth mindset. They have that thought that, oh no, maybe I fluked it or maybe it's all going away tomorrow. And it's just so debilitating. So this has been my pet love to investigate this. So maybe I'll provide a little bit of background about how this all came about and then we can start getting into some of the things that you can do to avoid that imposter thinking because the more we can do to increase our wealth mindset, the more money will stay in our account. Would you agree, Michael? Well, clearly it's us who stops ourselves getting to the next level of wealth. We're driving around with one foot on the accelerator and one on the brakes. We've got these empowering beliefs and this these disempowering beliefs. And it's those little voices in your head that stop you. So maybe, Louise, we can start with what is the imposter syndrome? Mm. Because people may not know what the name means, but when you explain what's going on, they'll think, aha, yeah, I, I, I thought that way once. Mm -hmm. Way back when I studied a psychology degree, I did four years of psychology and I've got a business degree as well. But when I was in that psychology degree learning about it, I actually found this lady who I really related with, Pauline Rose Clance, and she's since become a friend of mine. She's um, quite a mature lady now, actually. Her idea and she put this together with her friend Suzanne Imes, a colleague of hers. She termed that phrase and it was back in the 1970s. Now, the way that I think about it, it is that little evil voice, that, that one that says you're never going to achieve or if you have achieved, you won't be able to hang on to that wealth or that success. Now, from what Pauline tells me, there are three main components behind this thinking. Firstly, it's feeling like a fake. It's thinking that, ah, oh, you know, I'm such a fraud. Everybody's going to find out I don't know what I'm talking about. The other component is where we disregard praise and achievements. And later on in that podcast that we're doing together, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how we can build that muscle, where we flex that muscle of accepting praise and accepting achievement-oriented language around ourselves so that we don't disregard that praise from people who do know what they're talking about. And the third aspect of imposter thinking is that we attribute successes to good luck. 
Now, this is so evil because with my traders, I look after traders at tradinggame.com.au. Sometimes they'll make a heck of a profit and then they'll say, oh, it was because the market was going up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it just makes my heart ache for them. So I'm sure, Michael, with your property investors, that you'd have examples of people either feeling like a fake, disregarding praise and achievements, and also attributing successes to good luck. Do you find that that's also prevalent in the property people that you're looking after? Well, not just the property people, but just wealth creation in general. A lot of people feel they don't deserve it. And this goes way back to childhood when they were told things about money and about wealth and about rich people. They're often told about filthy rich or dirty money. I mean, dirty money probably came from the fact that when you were a child, you, what do kids do with money? They put it in their mouth and parents say, don't put money in your mouth, it's dirty. But then there's these other people who, yeah, they're driving a fancy car and they've got a nice home and so it makes you feel better if uh, it was luck that created their wealth or they did it some way wrong. Uh, but, but, but People then, as an adult, still carry these unconscious beliefs, these poor beliefs that then become poor habits, that your thoughts lead to your feelings, your feelings lead to your actions, your actions lead to your results. And if you suddenly come into wealth, whether it's in property, whether it's in lottery, whether it's an inheritance, I just see people over and over again sabotage themselves. And it just doesn't make sense from the outside. It's not logical what they do. But it's the old story of what happens to lottery winners. If they suddenly get this windfall, you know, after a few years, they lost it. I think it's much the same, Louise, if you took all the money in the world and, and distributed it evenly, it'd be back in the same proportions again, just because of where people's mindset is, their wealth operating system is set for. And some people are just not able to get to the next level. Um, and it's, again, part of this as well, because I don't think they don't believe that they belong there. Oh, look, I'm glad that you mentioned that, especially self-sabotage. So Pauline Rose Clance, she has just been fantastic for me. We've had chats on the phone about this, about how it relates to trading and investing. And some of the conversations that we've had, we've discussed the importance of longevity as an investor and as a trader. And one of the things that I'm sure you'd relate with as well, is that people quit too early. And if they have imposter thinking, they are much more likely to quit early. If you really believe it's luck, but that your wins were generated purely from outside forces, then why would you stick with something when you're getting told that, hey, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong? You know, in the markets, there are so many little losses that we have to endure. It's, you know, wrong, 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 right, woohoo, wrong, wrong, wrong. So because of that environment, that quitting trading aspect with those that have the imposter syndrome, that can actually be such a prevalent thought process. And the other effect, and I'm interested in hearing your views on this, is that I've noticed the traders who have imposter thinking, they're very likely to become very coarse or work focused. They become seminar junkies. They think that somebody else knows more than them. There's some holy grail. They don't realize that the answer to their own success lies within them. So often they work too many hours a day. They throw themselves into too many courses. They focus too much on the detail without the big picture. And that's 
an unintended consequence of the imposter thinking that I think really has a siege in people's minds, a war going on. They hope for the best, but they don't really believe that they're worthy and they focus too much on the work aspect. Have you seen that at all, Michael? Well, you mentioned two separate things here. The first one is the giving up early. And boy, do we see that in business. So dealing with a lot of business people, you run a business, I run a business. Part of running a business is having those challenges, those problems all the time. And there's two ways you can handle them. And I remember years ago, I used to come into work during the global financial crisis and times were tough. And I thought, oh, is it worth it all? And my business coach, because it's important to have coaches, it's important to have mentors. My business coach said to me, Michael, you're the boss. It's your job to solve problems. Mm. If somebody else could solve those problems, they'd be the boss. And when I suddenly realized that, yeah, hey, okay, that's my job today. What are the problems? No, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to find a way around it. Because if I can, when other people give up, that has created longevity in my business. And we similarly have, uh, you similarly have been uh, together with Chris Tate uh, doing this for a long, long time. Well, you see the others come and go. Now, it is more to it than just uh, having perseverance and persistence. You've got to have the right business model. You've got to have the integrity. You've got to be able to help your customers, clients, patients. Otherwise, you're never going to survive. But the first point you made about longevity is important in property because at the moment, I'm seeing a lot of people wanting to jump out because the property market's going through the downward phase of the cycle. But I know over the years that after every winter comes spring. In fact, that's probably happened for 10,000 years or as long as the calendar's <laughs> been around. And I'm prepared to put my money in the spring's going to come after winter this time too because it always has. So no, you don't give up. That's one element of what you said. As for the other point you made, Louise, with regard to people wanting more information, whether they go to seminars, go to another course, they think that is going to make the big difference. I need an edge. I need something special. I don't have enough yet. In fact, successful people, whether it's traders, property investors, business people, they're prepared to take action knowing they don't know it all yet and knowing they're going to get the rest along the way. So my, in my mind, to be successful in anything in life, you need to have knowledge, but that's not enough. You need to have perseverance, like you said a moment ago. That's not enough. You also have to take concentrated, focused action on the knowledge, the information you've got, because in this world, you get paid for what you do with what you know, not with, you don't get paid in this world for what you know, Louise. Mm, I like that. I like that. And the other aspect is the self-sabotage side. Now, I've got a little anecdote here, Michael. My, you know, my daughter, she's 11 years old now, Miss Ashley is. Now, Ashley has been struggling with maths at school because it isn't something that comes naturally to us all. And we've been doing some fantastic online little courses. They're tiny little, you know, this is this is how you do this particular aspect of maths on a video, and then she does a little test. Now, what I've found is that when she does well in something, she says, oh, well, it's because it was an easy topic. And when she doesn't do well, she goes, it's because I don't know how to do maths. <laughs> isn't that interesting but the great thing is you are there helping her isn't that the sort of thing i would have liked my parents to do your parents 
uh, you would like your parents to do because we are our parents' mentors. A moment ago, we talked about the importance of having mentors. Sorry, I said it the wrong way around. We are our children's mentors. We're their best mentors. So therefore, we can prevent the next generation from getting imposter syndrome by instilling courage in them, by instilling self-confidence in them, by helping them. I was never very good at maths. That was almost always my worst subject. But you know what, Louise? I was better than my parents. They were even worse. <laughs> and I've always found if I attach a dollar sign to the maths problem, then, hey, it all of a sudden becomes personal and I want to make that money so I can do the maths. It's funny how it goes. And one of the aspects that we found as well is that that growth mindset concept has really come into play here. So just to remind us all about that, we've got either the fixed mindset where you think that you will never improve, you can't do this skill, so you'll never be able to do this skill. You think that IQ is fixed. And then we've also got the growth mindset. So that's the opposite. I can always grow. I can always learn more. Of course, I can improve my own intelligence. And what they've found in a few different studies, Michael, is that if you tell children, oh, you are so clever, you are so clever at maths, you would think that's a compliment, wouldn't you? I mean, I think it's quite an easy thing to say to a kid. What we're aiming to do with our children is rather than say, you're clever, you need to say, didn't you work hard? Didn't you try so hard? Didn't you throw some hours at that? Didn't you finish your homework? Isn't that great? Because if you tie it to work, then the child themselves realizes that through work, they can achieve. And I think that's really important. So having in mind that growth mindset is very, very essential. So rather than telling a kid that you're clever, tell them that you worked hard. And that yeah, is this, the thing. This is obviously very useful for your children. But what you pointed out a while ago was so important, I'd like to reiterate it, that IQ is not fixed. There's been lots of scientific evidence of this, and there are a number of ways of increasing your IQ. Probably the time for a different chat. I know you speak about it at Wealth Retreat, and you, I'm sure you've spoken to it about, to your mentorees about the concept that there are certain mental exercises you can do, aerobic exercise, learning, reading, new learning new uh, languages, musical instruments, has actually been scientifically chose, uh, shown to increase your IQ. So, yeah, people have... I was told I was dumb. My, my, my father, I still remember how my father uh, was disappointed that I only came second in the class, not first. Oh. And that, that scarred me for a long, long time, Louise. Mm. I've got a very smart sister. She is super, super smart. Anytime I got an A at school, I'd say to myself, well, you know, you're not as smart as she is. Maybe it was just an easy test. Things will get back to normal soon. And the other thing I've found with imposter things with my own mindset, I've said to myself some terrible things. <laughs> it's just like, it's unbelievable. Sometimes we're not our own best friend, are we? Like my business partner, Chris Tate, he is a trading genius. And sometimes I've even thought to myself, no wonder he's making more money because he's just so clever. And Michael, I've said that about you too. I've thought, well, it's just a matter of time until I stuff up my business because I'm not like Michael. Well, there's a little confession, isn't there? Yesterday, true story, I was discussing this with one of my team members, one of our staff, who actually said to me, Michael, do you still have self-limiting beliefs? Mm. 
And I said, to be honest, I do. Really? They were surprised. See, once a year, you, you and I get together at Wealth Retreat with about 50 very successful business people, entrepreneurs, investors, traders, and others would look from the outside and look in and say, what are they doing there? Why would they go into a room and spend $10,000 in five days to improve themselves? And the answer is because they recognize that even at the level they've achieved, they've all got self-doubt. They've all got a level of the imposter syndrome. They're all still driving around with one foot on the accelerator and maybe not pressing as hard on the brake this time around. So I guess one of the important things to tell people listening to this is, hey, you're normal. It's okay. But first of all, you've got to recognize it. Then you've got to remove these disempowering beliefs. You've got to replace them with more empowering beliefs, Louise. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I often think if you described your achievements as if it was somebody else, would you be impressed? Because I'm guessing you would be if you look at all of the things that you've achieved. And you know, I've even called my little voice the inner lunatic. Now, my little inner lunatic, I've just decided that I'm not going to give it any light. You know, it, it tells me things like, oh, why could I possibly want more here? Because really, it's just so selfish. Of course, we should want more. Getting that stone in the shoe, you know, that kind of uncomfortable feeling, that feeling that, hey, I deserve more, I'm worth more, I can achieve more. That's what drives success. Not my stupid little inner lunatic's voice. It says to me things like, stay small because growing big is scary. It says, what if I stick my neck out and I lose money? If I lose my money, I'm worthless. That's my little inner lunatic. It's not a, it's not a very fun little crazy person there, but um, it's certainly voicey and loud. I don't know about yours, Michael. What does yours say to you? Well, I think this is a normal human protection mechanism that goes back to the days when we were cavemen to our ancestors' ancestors because it's a protective mechanism. Your brain is designed to keep you in a safe place. And if it's okay here and safe here, why would you venture out of the cave and be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger? If you're okay in your little comfort zone in your home, why would you venture out and try and become financially independent by trading the share market or opening a business or investing in property. It's not your place. It's for the other people. You just stay here nice and safe, Mr. <laughs> or Miss. Look, it's so true. And do you know, I wonder if there's even a difference between the way men and women approach this, because with women back in the caves, if we did the wrong thing, if we offended the wrong person and we were shunned, we were cast out from the caves, it wouldn't just be us suffering. They'd send our kids out with us too, and we would kill off that family line. So that that unrest within our gut, that's what keeps us small as well. And I think it's something to be really aware of. I want to talk about the test that you can use by Pauline, Pauline Plants, of course. I think that this is a really good one. If you think that you're relating even with 5% of what we're talking about, go to PauleneRoseClants.com, PauleneRoseClants.com. So it's a 20-question test. It's free, and she's fantastic with the, the amount of care and generosity of this lady. She's absolutely incredible. I'll perhaps give you a few examples. Louise, before you move on, we'll put – 
that website in the show notes to make it really easy for people to go to rather than have to stop on the side of the road or jogging in the gym and try and remember what that website is. <laughs> good idea, good idea. And we'll also put um, my special report there as well. I think that'll be a good idea. So Pauline's questions, some of the questions that she has there, and you can rate them. One of them could be, I tend to remember the incidents in which I've not done my best more than those times I have done my best. And another one, I can give the impression that I'm more competent than I really am. And also another one, I often compare my ability to those around me and think they may be more intelligent than I am. So those type of questions really strike to the core of what the imposter complex is and how it can affect you. If you're after something more sort of objective than listening to this podcast in terms of a score, that's the place to go. I think it's sometimes nice to do little quizzes and tests too. That's always fun. So I like to know where I stand. And that's it for this week, guys. Stay tuned next week to hear part two of Michael and Louise discussing the imposter complex and how to banish it from your investing dreams. To download Louise's free special report on the imposter complex, go to tradinggame.com.au forward slash imposter. And to read more about Pauline Rose Clance and take the imposter syndrome quiz, go to paulinerosclance.com. And just before we go, here is a review from Louise. Make sure you're subscribed on talkingtrading.com.au. And we have so been loving the reviews that have been coming through about the show. It's on Apple Podcast, actually, or iTunes. You can go and have a look for yourself. I thought it might be fun to read this one out. Uh, Keen Trader, we love your thoughts. This is what Keen Trader has to say. Yeah, you come here to hear about trading, but frankly, you'll get much, much more. I've been a converted fan since the first episode, and it's helped me change my views, focus my efforts, and drop what's not working, not only in trading, but in life. If you're not a fan yet, I dare you to listen to five episodes, then tell me the same thing. Bet you you can't. Oh, thanks so much, Keen Trader. Love your words. Love your attitude. So head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you like to call it these days. Gosh, I wish they'd keep consistent with the name, but who knows what Apple's doing. And give us a lovely five-star review and tell us what you like about the show. Until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.